0: Uh, joining us today. And uh, just like today's incredible rainstorm this morning uh, and the cutest little Christmas play you ever saw, that first Christmas, there was a lot of unexpected things that happened. (laughs) There was a lot of unknowns that happened. And uh, I just want, this morning, I'm just going to share briefly uh, from the Scriptures, and we're just going to take a look. You know, uh, everybody knows or has heard about This woman, Mary, she's one of the most famous people in all the world, and a lot of people don't realize how she navigated all the unexpected, all the unknowns in her life. And the fact that we're even gathered together this morning is because she said yes to the promises of God and carried out, and the Lord wanted to do something beautiful and gave us Jesus and and chose Mary of all people that she would carry the child of God. And all around the world, people remember her name. They know her name. There's a lot of Marys out there, but this this woman, she's been held in high esteem for generations and generations. And we're gonna take a look this morning about navigating a lot of the unknowns. I don't know about you, but in the last few years, I think we've had to adapt and learn how to navigate a lot of unexpected things and a lot of unknowns. Is there anybody else that would say yes and amen to that? There's been a lot of curveballs balls thrown at you this year. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't know that the curve balls are done. I, I, I still think that there's gonna be a lot that's gonna be coming out at us. And there's some incredible truths in the Bible, some incredible truths that show us how to navigate times of change, times of unknown. And one of the best stories of how to navigate that is really found in the Christmas story in in, in in Mary. And so we're gonna, if you have your Bibles with us today, you can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter one. And we're gonna we're gonna jump into this. Now, when we read something in the Bible, the, the beauty that you and I have is the fact that we know the end of the story, right? And so it's kind of like when you're watching a movie, or if you've ever watched a movie that's like super intense or like a who-done it, and it's kind of a little bit scary. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're jumping, right? My, my kids laugh at me. My wife laughs at me. We'll go to, like, a, a a movie, and if there's an intense part, like, I'll jump. I'll startle easy in the movie theater. And uh, one time I startled so much I actually dumped a bucket of popcorn on this guy's head that was in front of me when I was a kid at the movie theater. Like, I just, I'm, I'm an easy jumper when it, when, when it comes to movies. And, and the beautiful thing with the Bible is we, we know the end of the story, right? So because we know the end of the story, we read it and we're like, oh man, isn't that so cute? There's this teenage girl that the angels appeared to her and they said, you're gonna have a baby. And we have this, this idea in our minds of how, like, wow, that was so beautiful. Not realizing that in that moment of time, it was scary. Like, it, 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 there was a lot of unknowns. There was a lot of things that were unexpected. And here's Mary, and she's having navigate this as a young woman. And so we're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Mary. And he came to her and he said, "Greetings, O favored one! The Lord is with you now whenever an angel showed up, it could be really good or it could be really bad. Like there were times where angels showed up in the, in, in the Bible and you read about it, and it 's like the the, the 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 commonality that the appearance of an angel always had it seemed to freak everybody out because they 're like, Is this a good thing, or did we do something wrong and so the angel greets her, and in verse 29, it says that she was greatly troubled at the saying, and she was trying to discern what sort of greeting this might be. You know, sometimes God speaks a word to you, and you don't know what to do with it, and you're like, is this good? Like, is, I, I, I'm not sure how to navigate this, Lord. And, and in the time that we live in, and in the seasons of life, you're going to have moments where there's going to be a lot of unexpected, and I heard one guy say, you know, the, the, the difference between those that are leaders that, are, and those that are not is leaders are able to keep their heads no matter what's thrown at them. And and so you take a look in the military. They're looking for leaders. They're looking for people that can stay stay calm and stand, stand strong in the middle of all the craziness that's going on around them. And so Mary, she's, she's greatly troubled. She's trying to figure out what this is all about. And verse 30, and the angel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Do not be afraid. I don't want you to fear this. I'm actually coming to bring to you good news. And the angel said, don't be afraid. And behold, verse 31, behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, for, for some of you in this room, you may not realize, but Jesus was actually a very common A common common name. It's it's the the English version of it would be Joshua. So it's a very common name back there. And so the the angel says, you're going to name him Jesus. And it goes on to say, he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Other translations say the Son of God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom forever. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how, how will this be since, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, she's also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is who was called barren. So Elizabeth is pregnant, a relative of hers. She's pregnant. She's six months pregnant. And Mary's just finding out she's going to be pregnant. The The child inside of Elizabeth's womb would be known as John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist isn't John uh, the disciple. It's a different John, by the way. Uh, it's John the Baptist. And so Mary's uh, uh, cousin, aunt, most believe uh, that, that she would she's, now she's going to be having this child, John the Baptist, and so Mary is overwhelmed at this thought, but the angel tells her, nothing will be impossible with God, verse 37. And then Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Can we just say that together? Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, I thank you for this time that we have together this morning. I pray that you would speak God, I pray you'd speak through the timeless story. God, that this really happened, that this is a historical account of the birth of Jesus, that the only reason we can even come into your presence is because of what Jesus did. So we enter boldly because of Jesus, and we come before you, and as your children, we just say, Lord, would you speak this morning? Would you speak a word to me? Would you speak something fresh to my spirit, to my heart, my mind, my situation, my life? God, would you speak, and Lord, let our response be, let it be unto us according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, life is a a series of seasons, and sometimes you can get caught up if you don't realize that life is a collection of seasons then you can run the risk of camping out when you should have moved on and you run the risk of moving on when you should have camped out. If you realize that life is a collection of seasons, that seasons begin and seasons end. I remember as a few months ago and I'm dreaming of seeing my house decorated for Christmas and I love the Christmas smells. Is there anybody else that just loves that, that, that Fraser fur? Is there any candle freaks in the room? Like, Maybe I'm the only one. No, there's a few. Thank you, I see that hand, I see that hand. Thank you. I my, my wife laughs at me because like I, I, I love candles and I don't know why I I guess my, my mom was you know a candle gal and, and, and I just I'm the firstborn and so firstborns kind of take on a lot of the traits of mom or dad, you know, and so I, I I'm like all about the candles. And so I ever ever since Fawn and I met, we started dating and into our marriage, like I'm I'm all about setting the mood. I like the lights a certain way, and I love a good scented candle. Um I'm even a fan of like the bath bombs. I know. I know, you know it's like And my favorite scent when it comes to Christmas time is the fraser fir scent. And it's not just you can't get the copycats. There's a lot of copycats out there. They're not the legit ones. The legit one is the Times, T H Y M E S, the Times scented candle the fraser fir. Like it's the best. It's one of my favorite gifts to give people cuz I'm like you're going to love this. <laughs> like you know <laughs> They can barely unwrap it, and I'm like, un, you know, taking the can. I'm like, just smell it. Just smell it. Just- oh, wow. You know, scented candles. Awesome. Jeff's got a fetish, you know. It's like, but there's just something about the scent. Like, there was a time I was, you know, back in October, November, I'm dreaming of wanting to open up all my Christmas stuff, and my kids are like, Dad, we cannot decorate until after Thanksgiving, and I'm like, Who's, who says that? Like, you know, who says that? I, I just wanna, you know, and there's some years you kind of just like, I had a friend that was going through a tough year and he was just like, you know what? I, de- I decided to decorate my entire house for Christmas on November 1st, right? Right after we get through, man, I'm, I'm November 1st, I'm decorating for Christmas, you know? We have other friends of our, her, ours that literally their, their oldest daughter is obsessed with Christmas and her birthday's in July and her parents started decorating the house as a joke. For her, for her birthday, they decorated it one time, all for Christmas in July during her birthday, and then she wanted to keep it up, and then and like now she decorates her own bedroom with all these different trees. Although she just got married, so I don't know if her husband's going to be down for that. Probably, if he's a smart man, he'll be down for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but life is a collection of seasons. Seasons begin, and some seasons end. I was chatting with a brother this week and we were talking and he was sharing just some of the different business things that he's doing and some of the things that he has been doing. And you know there's, a, there's an old saying that, and you guys can finish it with me, winners never quit, right? And quitters never win. You hear that your whole life growing up, right? Winners never quit. I actually think a better way to say it is winners know when to quit. I had a poker night with a bunch of, the, my, my, my wife uh, on Friday night I had a poker night and my, my wife was gone. She was gone with my my girls, um, visiting some friends, family of ours up in Boise, Idaho. And so they were gone. And so it was just me and the boys. And I asked the boys what they wanted to do. And we were talking about fun things. And my boys wanted to play poker. And so I'm like, dude, let's do a poker night. Let's do it. And so I said, so they invited some of their friends over. And so some of the friends came and the friends' dads came. And we all just sat around. We had a poker night. And, uh, and it was a good time. But, you know, you got to, you know, Kenny, Kenny Rogers, he had it right. You know, you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Right? You got to know when to walk away and when to run. Right? There's a time to run from something. And so life is a collection of seasons. And there's times where you don't realize what the Lord's doing when he's beginning something. And you might be sitting here today, and you're just entering a new season. And it's beautiful. For some of you, you've gone through a tough year. And, man, some seasons ended people you loved moved away, kids, loss of a loved one. There's been seasons that ended, and it's hard. And if you don't learn to move out of that season and embrace the new, it'll cripple you for what God wants to do. And Mary was entering a brand new season of life, and here she is. She has, the the angel comes and appears to her, and she's troubled. She's like, "I, I don't know if this is a good thing or this is a bad thing and the lord says no this is a very good thing this is a very good thing and i just want to pull just four just key truths of how do we navigate all the unknowns all the unexpected What's happening politically? What's happening financially? What's happened globally? What's happening spiritually? What's God up to? What's God doing? And on this first Christmas, the fact that we're celebrating Christmas today over 2,000 years later, it all began with what seemed like a lot of random things happening that God was just stirring the pot for something beautiful. And so how to navigate the expected, unexpected and the unknowns. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. If you're not taking notes, write these down. (laughs) How to navigate the unexpected and the unknowns. Number one is you stand on the Word. When you face a time where it's like there's a lot going on and you're like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what go back to the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Read the Word of God, not just to read. You're not just reading an ancient book, you're reading a timeless book that's very timely. God's Word is timeless, but man, it's so timely. And when you get into the Word of God and begin to encounter Him, He'll begin to download things to you. I I, I can't point to the exact Scripture in the Bible. There's nowhere that it said, Jeff Peterson, I want you to marry Fawn Fowler. But I remember reading my Bible, and when it got to, there's 31 Proverbs, one for every day of the month. When it got to Proverbs 31... And it talked about the wife of noble character. I had this peace come over me like, she's the one. Now, I knew she was the one, but I was, had butterflies. And I had a good friend of mine, he's like, Jeff, I don't know how to tell this to you other than I'm just telling you, bro, it doesn't get any better for you than Fawn. She's the one. <laughs> Go back to the word of God. Some of you, when you go into different seasons and you're kind of like grasping for straws, what do I do? I had a pastor tell me one time, he said, Jeff, go back to the last word that God gave you. And if you don't keep track of the words that God gives you, can I just lovingly pastor you in this moment? Steward those words. The sign of spiritual maturity isn't just getting a good word from God on Sunday. It's stewarding that word all week long. Some words God will give you, you'll steward it for months maybe even years. I had a friend of ours back in Texas that recently reached out to us. They had no idea that we were doing a legacy offering for the church or that it was Legacy Sunday or what have you, and, and, and he had a dream, and one of his dreams was that he would give the equivalent of one year of his salary away to a church 20 years ago. He, he had that dream, and, and he felt like God spoke to that, spoke that into his heart. And at the time, he wasn't making a lot of money. So he's like, Lord, that sounds crazy. Like, we're barely making it with what we do have, and we don't got much, and we're getting help from the state and assistance here and there. And, like, we, 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 we don't have two pennies to rub together. Like, give away our entire, like, be, like, they just couldn't even grasp that mentally. And as God would do it, one foot in front of the other, being a good steward with what God placed in their hands to steward over. Time would go on, and he'd work at companies, and he'd get laid off here and there, and she would try this business and try her hand at this and try her hand at that, and nothing really seemed to work out until a few years ago. And they got into the Airbnb business, and they bought some different properties, and then they looked back this year, and one of the properties accumulated so much value they decided hey it's a good time to sell <laughs> so they sold it at a high point and then they looked at their income off of that the profit off the sale of that home and they were reminded of a word that God gave them 20 years ago where they couldn't even rub two pennies together and they're like Lord I know that you want us to sow this money This is the fulfillment of a word that you gave us 20 years ago, stewarding that word of God. So number one, stand on the word. If you're in a place of confusion, not knowing, go back. What was the last word God spoke to you? Stand on that. Get in the word of God. If you need direction and you need a word from God, get in the word of God. Number two, like Mary, you need to guard your confession. Guard your confession, right? We need to guard what we say. You don't want to pray something on Sunday and abort it with your words on Monday. And I've seen so many Christian people do that through the years. They, they pray for breakthrough. They pray for healing in a different area. And then they're like, yeah, I just always get sick this time of the year. I just always deal with this stuff. I always deal with this. Now, stop that confession. Guard your confession. Your words carry power. The power of life and death is in the tongue, right? And so what are you saying? What are you speaking over your life? No, you're, you, you need to get back into the Word of God. That's one of the reasons why at our church we're really big on declarations. And back in the, uh, the springtime, we had the, the I Am declarations and we had it printed out on a page. And by the way, we're giving those away uh, next Sunday. If you come next Sunday, we'll have a bunch of those that'll be copied off for you. You can have that. And it's all these I Am declarations, and it's what the Word of God says about you and over your life and your situation. And I don't know about you, but some days I have the memory of a goldfish, right? Ten seconds, right? I I forget things that God has spoken to me. I forget promises of God. I forget the Word of God. I'll read the Word, and then suddenly I'm like, I don't even know what I just read. Like, what? Yeah, I get back into the Word. In the faith declarations, the daily declarations we call them, it helps to recalibrate my spirit and align myself with the perfect will of God because God's Word is perfect. And so getting in the word of God is so important. Guarding your confession is so important. What did Mary say? Mary said, that's what she said. She said, behold, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Can we just say that together? Let it be to me according to your word. Whatever God has spoken over your life, let it be to me according to your word. You may not see it and understand it. You may be praying for a godly spouse. Lord, I'm standing on your word. I'm believing for it. Lord, let it be to me according to your word. You may be praying about some things in business and though God gives you a word to do something that seems so radical your response is just, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Number three, an important lesson for Mary is stay in relationship. Mary could have bolted. She she wanted to marry Joseph. I'm sure like any teenage mom, as great as it was to be visited by the angel Gabriel, there was still some probably fear, um, some whispers that happened in the marketplace about this young teenage girl that's pregnant. Joseph wanted to bolt. He was ready to leave. He's like, this is, in- what? An angel came to you. You're pregnant with the Son of God. I'm out, right? And he was making the decision to divorce her quietly. They were engaged to be married, but they haven't consummated the marriage. There's a whole teaching you could do on that. But basically, it's like they were married but they just hadn't actually had sexual relations together as husband and wife. There was a a process that would happen when a man would go and, and, and ask a woman to marry him. It's a little bit different than the way that we do it today in our Western culture. But they chose to stay in relationship. And through the years, when things are unexpected and you're trying to navigate a lot of unknowns, I've seen a trend that happens in people's lives where they begin to pull back and they begin to isolate and they get recluse. Can I just tell you, you are not designed to live alone. God wants you in relationship, and when you do that, you really set yourself up for isolation. It's like, you ever watch those National Geographic films? Like, I remember watching them with my girls when they were younger, and it's like, oh man, yeah, I forgot the antelope's gonna get eaten by the pack of lions, like, you know. And and what what are the, you know, and and the girls are screaming, you know, Dad, turn it off, right? Who does the lion pick off? The strongest one? No looking for the weak one that's behind, that's not part, that's not running with the main pack. That's what happens in life, man. You're not designed to live life alone. Some of you might be sitting here today, and I'm preaching in the choir because you're like, tell me, dude, I did not feel like coming to church today. I only came because of the kids program. You know, you might like, I didn't want to get out of bed. It's cold. It's raining. The barometric pressure, I feel this pressure and this heaviness, and I really just want to sit on the couch or curl up in bed and watch Netflix and chill. I get it. I understand that. We all have days like that, but you got out of bed and you came here. Can I encourage you that when you do that, especially for your parents, you parents that are in the room, you teach your kids that you don't just have a relationship with Jesus or come into community based on convenience, but that coming into the house of God is a priority for you and your family. And I'm telling you, those seeds get planted in the soil of their hearts, and when they're old, they don't walk away from God, they serve in God's house. So stay in relationship. I've, I've known people that have moved, they got a great job offer, and they moved all across the country for a job, but they didn't go with any sense of community, they didn't know any churches there, they didn't get plugged in, and their marriage ended in divorce, their kids are running crazy. Like, you just set yourself up for so much potential pain, you don't really realize, we don't even realize, it sounds good in theory, oh, so-and-so got a great job, so they're moving their family to wherever, Wyoming, Oklahoma, Texas, pick one of them, right? And they get there, and they can't find any sense of community or any friendships, and, and then they begin to die on the vine. That's why for here at Authentic Church, you know, our vision is that we would every time we gather, we would encounter God, discover community, and fulfill the call of God on our lives. Encountering God, man, you need that burning bush experience. You need something that you can look back as a marker in your chronicles of faith, in your family, and go, God met me here. This happened to me, and my life has been transformed and changed. You need that. And next weekend, I'm really excited, we're actually having baptisms before Christmas. And we have a family in the church where their son said, I want to get baptized. I had somebody else come to me today and say, hey, I need to talk to you because I'm going home for the holidays, and my uncle asked me if he would baptize, if I would baptize him. (laughs) So I need to ask you, how do I do that, you know? I, I love that. You need, and that's what baptism is. It's, you know, baptism. We were with, some of you were uh, with Pastor Fred and, and us on, on, on Wednesday night, and, and we had him over and had some prayer time together. And I love one of the things Pastor Fred said. He said, you know, when it comes to baptism, it's not like this cute thing like, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this as an act of obedience and it's symbolic of what God's doing in me. It's like, no, no, actually, uh, baptism is an execution ceremony. The, the, the old you is dying, like it's dead. That, that old man, that old woman that's dying, that person's dying in the waters of baptism and you're coming up and you're coming up as a new creation in Christ. It's a holy moment. It's not just like go under the water and come back up and I'm baptized. If that was a baptism, then every time you got in and out of the ocean, it would be a baptism. Every time you got in and out of the bathtub with your bath bombs, it would be a baptism. And that's just not the way it goes, right? So if you've not been baptized, I want to encourage you, come next weekend, ready to be baptized. and You can sign up on the Church Center app there. So number three, stay in relationship. So number one, stand on the word. Number two, guard your confession. Number three, stay in relationship. And number four, respond with worship. Respond with worship. And I'm going to have uh, Kara just join me on the piano, if you could. Isaac, you can go ahead and come up as well. Play something saucy and quiet on the guitar. I want to encourage you, no matter what comes your way in this season, and maybe you're going through it, man. Maybe this is a really challenging season. Maybe you're missing loved ones, family, friends. Maybe your Christmas, you feel like there's a lot of unexpected going on, kind of like that first Christmas with Mary and Joseph. (laughs) There's a lot of variables. And then in the middle of all their challenges, what happens they 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 call for a census so she has to travel full term pregnancy down to this little spot in bethlehem god shows up on the scene and the first thing the world wants to do is tax him <laughs> and so they're going to go make that trek the reason mary had the strength to make that journey i believe wasn't just her physical body but her spirit It's because she could go back to what God told her. She knew, I'm I'm, I'm pregnant with something. I feel the presence of God in this room. You're pregnant with something. Some of you are pregnant with something. Some of you are pregnant with ideas. You're pregnant with business concepts. You're pregnant with ministry. You're you're pregnant with something. God wants to birth something through you, right? Right? Church isn't just a place we physically show up. No, it's a place I spiritually show up. And when we spiritually show up, God begins to birth things. He begins to move. So Mary gets this word. She has this encounter. And then if you go on and you continue to read the story, you find out, what does she do? She she writes a poem. Some translations have called it Mary's Song. But if you read the words, it's, it's worship. And it says this, Luke 1, 46 through 47. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in my God, Savior, God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. When you're just humble before the Lord, you say, Lord, I'm I'm really broken and I really need you. And maybe your brokenness is different than somebody else's brokenness. And don't, don't compare somebody's brokenness to your brokenness. If you have areas of brokenness in your life, you have hurt, you have challenges, you got some heartbreak, diagnosis, situation you can't seem to get past, that maybe it's a reoccurring sin that just keeps coming up. We're all broken. We all need a savior there's no one righteous not one of us and in the world's brokenness God sent a savior and this morning God's sending you his savior 2,000 years ago he's doing it this morning he's bringing his savior to you and he wants to birth something in and through your life So, in all the hustle and bustle of the holidays and Christmas and gifts and everything else, it's fun, might be challenging. Remember to spend time in the Word of God. Guard your confession. Don't allow frustration to get the best of you, hurts, letdowns. Guard that. Stay in relationship. Respond in worship. Mary goes on to say these words in Luke 1, 49 through 50. He says, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. She just heard the word. She's praising God at his word. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. This girl that's living in a town that was impoverished like they're poor in the world's eyes they don't got a lot they don't, they don't got stuff in her humble estate she's saying lord i'm so blessed i'm so blessed and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation for some of you today this message might be just totally hitting the mark. Like yeah man, I I've, I've been going through it. I'm in I'm in a tough season or I'm just starting a new exciting season. Starting a new job, new relationship, new opportunity. Things are clicking. Came out of a season of sickness or pain or loss and man, things things feel good. I'm guessing all of us know somebody though that is not necessarily in the best season of their life. I want to encourage you, be the hands and feet of Jesus this Christmas season. I loved what our good friend Mike Rovner said. We had a leadership luncheon Zoom call on Wednesday, and he said, you know, I always tried to live like I made less, but I gave like I made more. This past week, my boys and I, were, grabbing dinner with Pastor Fred and, and his pastor. They were in town. And, and as we came into the, to the restaurant, I saw a guy walking out that was doing a bunch of work, and he's got this broken-down old pickup truck, and, and I see that he's, he's like Mr. Fix-It at this restaurant. And, and I'm about to share something, and I, I promise you, I, I very rarely get this right. I wish I got this right more in my life what I'm about to share I, I don't always get this right and I, I just share this from a place of humility and I hope that it would encourage you this holiday season to be generous but as I saw him I'm reminded that I have a hundred dollar bill in my pocket and Fawn gave me a hundred dollar bill to deposit that I never did <laughs> my wife always has the money any husbands have like the wife always has the money and I have this Chris $100 bill in my pocket. And immediately the Holy Spirit's like, give that to him. And I'm like, all right. My, my, yeah. And so he's walking out. He's carrying this heavy ladder. He's got a smile on his face, man, just pepping his step. It's cold. It's dark. 50-some odd degrees outside. But, man, he was, just seemed like so grateful to be working have an opportunity kinda we're getting out we go in and we sit down at the restaurant and look and see and he's grabbing stuff in and out of his truck and running in and out of the restaurant we were at fixing things and I look over and his wife's sitting in the, in the front seat of the pickup and she's there bundled up and she's got an old computer and she's doing something on it but here he is working as we're being served this delicious amazing meal so we end the, the dinner and Kind of see him, and I get to talking with him and ask him for a business card, and he saw oh, I got one in my truck, you know. I walk with him out. I just said, "Hey, man!" I just held it up. I said, "I feel like the Lord wants me to give you this," and he's just looking. I find that if you're going to give somebody money, they they listen to pretty much anything you have to say. <laughs> so I'm holding this hundred dollar bill, and I just said, "I feel like the Lord just wants to remind you that He's so proud of you. I see you working hard, man, working hard for your family." And you're just an incredible example and I just wanted to encourage you I just pray that this would bless you and your, your Christmas, you and your wife and he's like, oh thanks he goes, yeah, give it to her, she's, she's the one who manages the money <laughs> so I meet his wife and him and I said man, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you and he's got a plan for your life, I said, would it be okay if I prayed for you? He's like, yes, please so we had a moment of prayer there and, and I blessed that gentleman Mr. Byron introduced him to my kids and Honestly, I don't get that right enough. I, I, I wish I got that right more often. I can kind of be a Scrooge sometimes when I'm not prayed up. I can be a tight one. But in that moment, and I felt the pleasure of God and that generosity and sharing the love of Jesus with him, and I was reminded, the Lord's like, that's, that's who I want you to be more, Jeff. And you can. So I just want to encourage you. This Christmas season, those that are hurting around you, man, let's be generous to them. Amen? Let's love people like they've never experienced love. That grouchy neighbor, that client that you don't want to see, that customer that you're like, dude, I, I do not like working with them at all. Let's be Jesus to them. That person, that friend, the family member, the neighbor. Let's, let's go out of our way and say, Jesus, would you just use me today? Let's look for opportunities, amen? Why don't we all stand to our feet? And we're gonna end this morning with just a chorus of worship. We sang it earlier today. Come let us adore him. Let's adore the Savior this morning. Like we have the opportunity to come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace. And as we end this time with worship, I wanna encourage you, if you need prayer for anything, come down to the front. We always make time to pray with people during our services because there is power in prayer. When we pray, the hand of God seems to move. When we pray, prayers get answered. When we pray, we see God do incredibly, exceedingly, abundantly above and beyond what we could ask, think, or imagine. We serve in Ephesians 3.20, God. So if you have something that's heavy on your heart this morning, you're just like, Man, I really want to see change and breakthrough in this area. Just come forward. If you need prayer for anything going on in life, you have some question marks and you need some answers in. Go ahead and come forward for prayer as we begin to sing this chorus, and we would be so honored to pray with you. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticoC.com.